Chris Black, hello. How long gone? It's Friday. TGIF and out the gate, we're already flam flambaying Chris Black because that's what you guys tune into tune into this podcast for. Isn't that right, listeners? That's right. <laughs> God, luckily, I've been able to reveal kind of the evil side of TJ with some of your recent text messages where you're being very, some would say, verbally abusive to me are you one of those people are you one of those some no no i'm not a pussy i love them i love when my employees talk back to me you're so you're such a cool boss man i love working <laughs> for you <laughs> i think people are surprised you know because they think you're this nice guy but the reality is you're the real asshole and you just mask it mask it better than i do no covid and people think that you're going to be like this asshole boss guy but you're actually kind of cool hey bro the con- the con bars are free the stump town is on 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 draft like <laughs> you know you can come in at 9 30 that's cool it's no big deal dude i wish my dad was like you <laughs> dude. such an ass asshole yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a cool. I'm a cool boss. Yeah, we have oat milk. Chris, could you be my dad? Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> what's up? What's up? Uh, I'm you. Uh, you eat that sweetie meal yet? You be you be eating up those <laughs> sweetie sauce? No, I, I don't. I think that although I do love sweetie, I think that mm-hmm. McDonald's is. I mean, to go to go from Travis Scott to sweetie is a pretty big swing in uh, a dip in in money they did bts right oh yeah which is probably more than travis good point uh and then they may have done another one as well i don't know did they do diplo they did a marshmallow meal of course (laughs) it's just it's just a marshmallow between two buns (laughs) it's one yeah it's one big marshmallow in between two buns lettuce shredded you know shredded lettuce cheese tomato all that stuff no it's weird because i really i don't love tomatoes but when, when it's paired with a marshmallow that's kind of <laughs> when they're when they're a fr- it's a fresh tomato paired with a paired with a, a marshmallow it brings it alive it sings yeah. i hate to use that word but it kind of sings doesn't no, it No, it does it does but yeah I, it has me thinking about you know like what other things in the world you know other other collaborations like that where it's just so you're like, okay, here is going to be the Saweetie meal or the BTS meal or whatever it is. And you and you look into it and you're like, wonder, like, the BTS meal. It's going to be some, like, special bespoke bulgogi burger and banchan buffet, <laughs> you know. It's, but it's it, – or, like, the Sweetie meal, what is – what kind of action is she going to bring to the to the plate? And it's just like, I – when I go to McDonald's, this is what I like to eat fries and a burger and then i also i i make it a little different i get a soda to drink and i get and i use the uh the dipping sauce for the nuggets the chicken nuggets i act to use barbecue sauce so that's kind of how i put my spin on things it's like it's never unique interesting or or exciting whatsoever it's 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 so fucking stupid i love innovation but your your beef with mcdonald's is really something else i didn't know i didn't know you i don't really look to them for innovation let me put it that way no and my beef is not with mcdonald's per se even though they're probably obviously responsible for that because their supply chain and infrastructure doesn't allow to just create these you know there there are no burger lords where you can you know be nimble that's a word you like to use but you know you can i love nimble i'm kind of an industry guy yeah so it's you know and i need i need that nimble lateral movement where we can turn and pivot and mcdonald's just can't do that they're like how yeah you so sweetie you want to get 
your burger with no pickles on it, that's about as far as we're gonna go. Don't don't get us started. Don't get us started on the ice cream machine because then then we're going to be because that thing's always getting it's always acting up. Yeah, we yeah uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Sweetie and McDonald's makes fucking Virgil Abloh look like McQueen. You know what I mean? In, in terms of the, the in a, yeah, I'll say it. In terms of the innovation and do you think there's more where this came from? Like, is there more? Yeah, of course. Okay, so we think McDonald's is continuing this, but I'm saying if they already came out of the gate swinging with these big hits, mm-hmm. and they it's only been going on for, I mean, this has only been going on for less than a year, and they've already gotten to Sweetie. What do we? Where do we go? Yeah, this 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 was McDonald's's COVID project. We started a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that these and McDonald's was like, hey, maybe we can uh, figure out a way to repackage our Sprite and Big Mac combo meal to the uh the urban community that was her whole thing right it was like a there's a sprite included it's like okay wow you drink sprite everyone drinks sprite no they don't actually i think this is the twist we were looking for come on bro was was the sprite no think about it we all know that sprite is the number one soft drink of the urban community chris that's and for you to play dumb like you didn't know that (laughs) it's honestly speaks volumes (laughs) I'm not. I actually didn't. When's the last time you had a Sprite, Big Dog? When's the last I time never, you? Pour- I never drink Sprite. My mom. My mom. Low key. She'll. She'll pop a Sprite every once in a while when she's feeling naughty. But I mean. I mean. I remember being like in. In. You know. In the '90s, being a youngster, and you would see commercials with the phrase. I don't know if you remember this or not. Sipping on Spritite. You're familiar with sipping on Spritite? <laughs> oh, what? I actually don't remember that. That's Are you serious? Okay, I'm googling it right now. S I P P I N. Yeah, how do you spell that? That's the real question. Sipping on S P R I D I T E. I have never I have never heard that. Um, before. looks like there aren't great matches for your search. Okay, that's fair. I have never heard that. Be- heard if that anyone before. remembers, maybe this is a Mandela effect going on, like the Shazam movie. <laughs> this is my version <laughs> of the Shazam movie that I I swear on so my you're grandma's that grave you, that you're, someone you're you, somewhere you ha- said sipping on Sprite. I'm sure somebody said it before. That doesn't mean it was in a national television. No, no, but it was like campaign. it was like on a commercial. It was on a it was like a Kevin Garnett commercial or something like that. It was like some type of but sprite charlotte hornets basketball player in 1994 did a did a sipping on spritite with like a you know a nice little funky beat behind it sprite has introduced like 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 most soft drinks like they've introduced like crazy flavors and stuff right sweet of you to call it a soft well drink. i mean i don't i could call it a soda i guess but i just i'm not really up on the it's i mean called pop okay i apologize are you i didn't know you're from the midwest um <laughs> But I didn't know that it's honestly, it's kind of crazy how, I mean, I don't know, man. When's the last time you went into a, a gas station? I'm sorry, a, a petrol station and checked <laughs> out the, and just checked out the selection of beverages. Every now, I mean, I'll go in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go to 7-Eleven by my house if I need to get a Gatorade or just like pick up a Pellegrino or something like that. And I'll, I'll browse it and it's, yeah, it's all just, it's poison, you know, it's just straight up poison. And I think someone, I forgot who it was, um, maybe it was Willie, Willie Staley was posting about Jones Soda. How, how about you don't see these too much yeah, no more? Yeah, of course. The classic art, <laughs> yeah, a classic Willie tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the, <laughs> you know, and 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 we were like, oh, these are like the natural artisan and the anti soda. And there's a black and white photograph of like an old pickup truck that was user submitted, 
and it's like, oh, this is like, you know, this soda kills fascist type energy. Yes, yes. And it was just like a neon blue <laughs> yeah, bubblegum yeah. flavored yeah. soda. It, it, it looks like they melted down Starburst and just put them into a, yeah. a clear bottle with a kind of like a night. Isn't there like a kind of like an old school pickup truck on the label? Isn't it like a black and white soda? Yeah, yeah it's a black and white. Well, the, the whole point of it is if you're a, a, a young you know, alternative photographer, you could submit your your eight oh. by ten prints to Jones, oh. and if you have, if you're sitting on thirty five millimeter gas, they will they will add you to the rotation, and you probably get a free case of, of blue dropped off. At should the I should I submit? I mean, is it still going on? I don't want to contribute to the to the destruction of America, but it'd be pretty cool. The, the, to yeah, see. the hotmail the hotmail address is still active. If you want to reach out, <laughs> yeah, I'll hit the I'll hit that Yahoo and see if anybody responds. But I think Jones Soda hit that Yahoo. What about a Stewart's? You know, since that is your family business, would you sip one of those kind of like <laughs> vanilla? What, I, I feel like there was one of those that was very popular in the hardcore community, and it wasn't just a root beer kind of thing it was, it was it was something more extreme than that but it might have just been like a cherry like a like a float type, type there was thing. there was the virgil's root beer and then there was the no one that fuck you virgil's said, yeah. stewart's bro stewart's <laughs> it was it was like a something in cream yeah you know they had like a something in cream cream soda which is disgusting when you think about it but this is some 90s shit all this kind of all this kind of soda i used low-key i used to like cream soda i mean it's good of course but it's like bad (laughs) i I mean you know what i mean it it tastes good (laughs) it's good of course but it's bad yeah so yeah you guys go go to your local um bevmo and see which bottled um bottled root beers and cream sodas they have yeah and do get back to us on that yeah yeah give us a full report from your your local bevmo i need actually i've never been into a bevmo but it really is right up my alley i would like to check one out have you have you been in one it's not it's not up your alley because it's it's all alcohol oh i thought they had everything i thought it was literally all kinds of beverage they they have other stuff but it's the the hero product is definitely booze well booze is booze (laughs) booze is often the hero product in a lot of situations but uh that doesn't stop me from going to restaurants interesting well i mean how how often do you go to bars uh not no not often go to a bar and get a water no, I never, I never just belly up, you know, eat some peanuts, right. throw the shells on the floor, thought. and and have a water. Yeah, you ain't doing that shit. No, I'm not. I'm not. But I mean, I I do, I do think that a, a beverage only store because I, I I've never been. Does a water store exist? Like a a grocery store sized water store? Uh, uh, there's a place in Highland Park called Galco's, and they they have all like the artisan drinks and like regional sodas from from the world in there and they'll have some funky waters as well but i i've heard wasn't there a water bar at, at colette in paris back in the day i know that's more up your alley a water bar is not what i want i don't want to sip it like that i want to take it home right. and enjoy it in a case mm-hmm. form i mean they they have there's weird stores in la like alkaline water stores and stuff but i don't really they seem like scam they seem like scams you can bring the five gal and and fill up on the alkaline those yeah there's like thousands of those places in la and i'm sure our guests will know has made a, a map spreadsheet of all of them for you know the laist or the ringer or something but there is <laughs> we do, yeah we do have a guest say i wonder how much water he drinks i guess we could get into that with him i don't I'm, i don't want to talk not enough i don't want to talk about hip-hop so hopefully water is what he wants to talk about i of course am drinking a, a an ice water berkey filtered out of a giant uh, out of a large deli 
container, chef style. Yeah, we know you're a she- you're into chef cosplay, and it doesn't make me very happy. I want to tell you that right now. There's a small towel that's tucked into my <laughs> underwear right now that I'm wiping things down periodically as the time progresses. You know, we'll always be cleaning, as they say. And I do have a, a muscles on table 13 that is dying on the line, Chris, whenever <laughs> you feel like you're ready to start doing some expo. That would be very uh, beneficial. Thank you. There, there's nothing I love more than something described as dying on the line. And, and, and <laughs> if, if it's if it's food, that's fine. But I prefer it when it's something else, anything else, mm. really. Uh, yes. for that there's phrase. been a couple of moments where I felt like I was dying at the line, uh, the hotel in Koreatown. A couple of nasty <laughs> hangovers, but dying on Any- the line is you know, not something I'm not used to. Anytime I've walked into that shithole, I thought I was going to die. I'll, t- I'll tell I you I feel that. like dying Lil Wayne voice. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of Lil Wayne, our guest today, Jeff Weiss, he's, uh, he's a writer. He has a website called Passion of the Weiss. He's been an Angelino kind of historian cat for a long time. He's you know written for... Tons of, of publications over the years. He's deep in the hip hop game. You know, he he does it all. He's a real man of the people, and you know, he approached us to pod. I've I've known of him, and we've been following each other on, on sure. social media for years. And you know, he's he's a cool guy, and he's a smart guy, and and I like him because we probably disagree on just about everything. But he's <laughs> he's a playful cat that likes to. If he brings up, look, I got I got some I got some ground rules for old Jeff. If he brings up Wu Tang, MOP, <laughs> or Mob Deep, I'm hanging up. That's just number. That's off rip. Well, Chris, luckily for you, the most you know the, the couple of the most recent things that he's written. One of them was a big story about Erewhon and Silver Lake, one of your favorite yes. destinations. And then he did yeah. ten thousand words on Sublime, the twenty fifth anniversary of their one of your favorite seminal release. So something there's something for the both of us in the mix. So no, we won't I do, have I do like time that. to I talk like about that. Grave Diggers or <laughs> Aesop Rock or any of these or or fucking run the jewels. There's no time for running don't the come jewels. For, don't, don't come for cannibal ox on this podcast like yeah, that, Yeah, ox That's talk, so unless you're passing the ox to put how long gone on in the in the Range Rover, there's no ox. No ox. There's no, uh, there's no ox here. There's no ox here. I mean, I, I think that I, I can't wait to discuss all this stuff. I also, but I do want to discuss my recent rant in the group chat about how versus is making music sports and therefore ruining it for people like me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is that is a thread that I can't wait to start weaving, Chris. That's good stuff right there. Well, let's uh, let's give Jeff Weiss a zoom, and we will begin our proceedings. Uh, <laughs> note to self: insert the Law and Order dong dong instead of the FaceTime chime. Damn, Jeff's rocking a. I like Jeff's in his. His version of a cult fit, which is a vintage Janet Jackson tee with the white on white b ball shorts. For for a guy who is into underground hip hop, you you dress like Justin Bieber a lot. <laughs> he is a spiritual inspiration of mine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of pop stars that go 
cult, you know, historically speaking. That's pretty much all of them, you know? Only a couple have been able to escape the clutches. It's an underrated move, though, nonetheless. It doesn't get the shine. I think people demonize it a little much because of the whole, you know, Jonestown thing. <laughs> yeah, it's time we stop demonizing cults, you know what I mean? I agree. Well, it's like in a society where it's like everything, you shouldn't shame anything. Why are cult shamed? I mean, I think it's... Cult shaming. <laughs> I expect 5,000 words on my desk about anti-cult shaming, so if you could just go ahead and... We can stop now if you need to get to work. You'll have 2,000 words by Monday. Uh, no, I think that there's going to be a lot of cults in the next 10 years, which, which, which uh, you know, at least it'll be good for journalism. Do you think because of the COVID-19 pandemic or in the post-Trump society, people are going to look for meaning? Is that where you're going with that? Or you, or you just think that people are getting freakier? <laughs> I think there's such a desperate search for, for meaning for people. And like, yeah. if you look at most things, like people, people aren't going halfway to things now. I, I think it's very all or nothing. And, uh, you know, I think with the remote workforce, it's much easier to have a cult in the middle of, uh, like rural Idaho. Thanks to, thanks to our, our Zoom conferencing software. <laughs> yeah, we could yeah, start, yeah. we could start these pyramid <laughs> schemes just about anywhere. I, I, I'm actually upstate right now. Isn't that weird? I can't believe we're doing this. Sacramento is upstate. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, 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 what happened? You lose a bed. What are you doing in Sacramento? I summer here. No, I got jury duty. No, I'm in Glendale, bitch. Pull up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i thought that's what i thought a1a thriving we were just talking right before you popped on about since you're a hip-hop enthusiast chris was was making a point that the versus battles that happen on uh, on instagram live and now youtube and all that shit is very bad for the culture because it, it introduces kind of the gamification or the sportsification of music in terms of like a competitive battle that is not good for the, you know, the artistic medium itself. Is that close enough to what your point was, Chris? Yeah. I mean, I just think it's like everybody hates the Grammys and the charts and says, say it don't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not about winning or losing, but then the most popular thing going on right now is literally about winning or losing. So it's a little, it's a little confusing to me. Yeah. I'd argue that that, that's sort of actually closer to the roots of hip hop. Cause if you really think about hip hop, yeah, actually we're coming up. I think it's the, uh, I think it was, is it the fifth? It's like the 48th anniversary of like when hip hop started. So that was like the cool Herc. It happened. It was like this week. It was the cool Herc, like, you know, basement party to raise money for school clubs. We were all there in 1973 in the Bronx, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you wasn't, exactly. you wasn't there, dog. You was it cost not there. a nickel to get in. And if, really you weren't outside. <laughs> if there was a fight. You would you would use your hands, not the guns, and you'd live to fight another day back back then, Jeff. Exactly. That that was when you were Grand Wizard then, Gene. So, you know. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> chill, 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 chill. Jeff, Jeff, I, w- I was I was cool DJ Grand Wizard, okay? Sorry, right, I don't want the clan association, you know. It didn't age well, those DJ names. No. Them, you know? A lot of Grand Wizards back in the day. Africa Bevada also did not age well. There's a lot of stuff about the time where you're just like, yeah, I don't know. But uh <laughs> true. But it, but it was, but it, there is the roots of the park jam and battling and that whole thing. And I think actually what was interesting about the last one, I don't know, did you guys watch the, the camera on? Uh, I didn't, I didn't watch that. I didn't watch that because I'm not washed, but I mean, I know it was a very, <laughs> I know it was important for the highlights. I think it was like two hours long, which is, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's too much locks for me, but I, I, I was, I, my, what I took away from it is I was very, happy for for jadakiss to get you know he had the best week of his life probably finally getting some 
redemption and respect from the community and his peers and you know that was really cool to see despite me being a dipset fan yeah well that was the thing right i mean i think uh, jada and the locks always have a lot of respect in like kind of the the more insular hip-hop community but it was the kind of mainstream world Mm -hmm. at large they they never really had the crossover single but i think like that that was what was interesting about that right is like if you ask me what would i rather listen to i'd probably rather listen to like diplomatic immunity than a like full-length locks record or obviously cameron's Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not an incel. That's why. <laughs> yeah. A, well, I mean, you like getting your dick sucked just like the rest of us. We get it. <laughs> yeah, I like where. I- <laughs> your words, not mine, Jeff. Keep the story going. Just keep the story going. I'm gonna be canceled by minute eight. I, the, the whole diplomat thing was kind of embarrassing, I think, because they obviously are such like a rarefied group and they didn't really bring the same. I don't know. It's different. You know how many how many bad hip hop shows have you been to over the years? It's like it, it was the funniest part was they're like trying to get people off stage. And you're like, no, that's the platonic ideal of every rap show that I've ever been to. It was like 95. It's like Wu-Tang. You've been to a lot more hip hop shows than we have, Chief. Let me tell you that. I try to go to as yeah. few as possible. Jason's probably seen more performances, right? I mean, you've booked a lot of, of hip-hop performers, Jason. Yeah, typically the the hip-hop show is usually you know poorly produced. Nobody shows up on time. The crowd is angry. It often doesn't go super smoothly, but that's what we love about it. That's kind of the part of it that I enjoy. I, I like to see something kind of falling off the rails and people yelling. Unless I'm on stage DJing when people want to see a rapper instead of me. <laughs> that that part is not yeah. so fun. I don't like getting pelted with, with the beef and broccoli size 11s when... <laughs> When I'm four and a half hours into my opening set for the clips or something, you know. Did you wear lugs when that happened? I mean, do you do you dress the part? Hell no, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> which made which only fueled the fire, you know. <laughs> yeah, but there was there was a there was a brief moment in the, in the 2007s era where I was, you know, you could have closed your eyes and you couldn't tell if it was me or Mister Fab standing in front of you the way I was dressing. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> <That> brother man? <laughs> you're trying to make that sound cool and just you jason had a lot of flat brims and he even had a chain at one point which i think is we don't talk about that enough on this podcast if if i'm being honest yeah they don't talk about the glendale ghost riding scene enough but it's like you know real ones know (laughs) real ones do know it was just it's pretty much just me and quick we're pretty much waving the flag Yeah, I think the game lives there, and, uh, yeah. you know, there's some pretty crazy scenes outside of the Zanku chick. Yeah, the game lives here. I think he's over there mobbing with Chris's friends, Good Charlotte, the Madden Bros. <laughs> they got a nice little brib over here in Glendale. Obviously, I thought they were all in Studio City or, like, the Valley. They're in Glendale? Glendale is the Valley, bitch. Yeah, but, like, I thought they were in, like, a more... Bang it on my chest. I thought So you're saying that, that, that rapper The Game, one of my favorites, shout out to Whack 100, they, he lives in Glendale, like near you, or in a better part somewhere? Better is subjective, Chris. Uh, I mean, are we talking about the school districts or? I just feel like there's a hills section. You know what I mean? And that's probably where he. That's probably where he stays. Yeah, he's probably up in the hills. He's probably up in the hills more so than I am. I'm hills adjacent, but you know, I'm still considered a flat. Yeah, you're. Flat yeah, man. yeah, I like that you're hill adjacent. Means you're at the bottom of it, which I think is a cool way to. I think that's a cool way to put it. It's better to be <laughs> at the bottom of the hill than to be looking, you know, the hill in the far distance. That's true. No, you make a you make a good point. I didn't. I didn't know. What happened to the game? Because he really had some slaps, man. Did he get a? Did, did did something happen to him? I think he got a lot of child support, legal troubles that kind of fucked his flow up for a while. 
I mean, game was like hot for like five or six years, which is like that's, that's pretty that's good, I guess. Yeah, when you I put it that way, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I always think a rap is like you get like every generation is the time a, a group of high school kids gra- graduates, right? So like by the time they're in college, they want to listen to something else, or by the time college freshmen are. That's real talk, actually. I mean, I think that that's when I would like f- uh, a band I managed back in the day open for Third Eye Blind for a while, and I actually didn't get to go any of the shows just for scheduling purposes, but. They basically described it to me as people who didn't listen to music after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they were like they listened to this in high school or college or whatever, and they like this is where this is what they like and that's what they support. And like we would sell, they would sell like a shitload of merch because these people aren't like discovering new music on a normal platform. This is like yeah. how they discover music, which is insane to think about. It's like why Three Doors Down can have the county fair game locked for like from now until eternity. You know? Mm-hmm. No, I would love to. I would love to see Three Doors Down at, at a county fair. I think that's a that's real America. I think we should expose ourselves to that kind of stuff more as coastal elites, guys. Seeing seeing bands at the county fair is not great, Chris. Take it from me. The the OC Fair, I know Jeff knows about it. It's a yeah. hot spot for, you know. Is it big? Yeah, it's huge, but I've seen a lot of, you know, it's it's just a weird vibe. It's it's always just like old white people music. Yeah. And it leans a little little countryish and kind of like a eh, kind of way. Yeah, I was I was at a county fair about 2 weeks ago. I was trying to get out of my bi coastal leap bubble and uh, went to the Amador County Fair, which was very weird. It's like up near Suitors. Like I was right I'm, I was riding in the mountains for a minute. Oh. It's called Amador County. It's like gold, it's like gold country and it was like super weird, very trumpy. They had like cardboard cutouts of Trump and Melania, like a Trump twenty four station, like just uh, station, you know, murder Nancy Pelosi bumper stickers. Yeah, they oh yeah, it was a way a way yeah, I'm sta- sorry. A way station. If you did, you just say murder Nancy Pelosi bumper stickers? More or less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it was the gist. I mean maybe Mame is a better you know. Sure, Chris. No, no, a lot of people fine. want a lot of people want to murder Nancy Pelosi. You hang out with a few of them, Chris. I, I, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that that <laughs> a county fair. It's weird because then I, I don't think. It seems like a southern thing, but I've never actually experienced one. Like that didn't that didn't exist growing up. Maybe it's more of a Midwest vibe. I, I don't know. I, I didn't have access to this. I feel like every county fair is like rural because it's like never. It's like the LA ones in Pomona. This one, like, because who goes to the county fair? Like, what normal person goes to a county fair? I think there's like a da- great David Foster Wallace essay about how ridiculous county fairs. It was a state fair. I need to peep that. That's what I want to read. Yeah, I want to read him going on and on about fucking county fairs like we are. No, no, no. Funnel cake discourse. Chris loves it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather talk about Glendale real estate. <laughs> I did want to talk to you about that. So you are are you are you in silver lake yeah i've been in silver lake like my whole adult life yeah basically so so silver lake is where that's where i kind of first moved when i came to la probably around that same time where dreams are made of uh alicia voice so so my question is why are you still in silver lake because i think i'll buy a house (laughs) one day outside of the city but i I don't think i can afford to buy a home in the city and i don't Oh, if it's worth it. So I'm just going to keep my apartment here until I'm ready to buy a house, probably somewhere up, like in the central coast or something. Oh, okay. So it. you have a, you have a good vibe. You're happy with where you live. You have a good deal. So why, why move? Yeah, I got, like, I have like, a, I've been like a two bedroom. I have an office now. So I'm just like, why bother moving? Cause it just, I mean, you move to another place. It's like, I mean, like I like Eagle Rock. I like, like I, Highland Park too, seems to be like an even weirder colony mm-hmm. of people gentrifying. And I was like, I already, I, I already got over the guilt of being in a first wave gentrifier. I don't, I don't need to go somewhere else and, and add to it. Right? Anymore. Yeah, I can't take another gentrification on my conscience personally. <laughs> yeah, just just colonizing left and right, taxing. Catch me at the Highland, pay, paying forty dollars an hour at the Highland Park Bowl, the bowl one game. Oh, yeah, Highland Park Bowl doesn't get worse than that. <laughs> 
you know, I, I brought that up because you mentioned that you still live there. You live walking distance to Erewhon in your in your story about Erewhon that I was b- brushing up on, which, you know, <laughs> that was earlier this year, but it feels, you know, in COVID times like years and years ago, doesn't it? To time truly a flat circle. I mean, I know the Erewhon thing. The problem with Erewhon isn't Erewhon. It's sort of how I felt about Post Malone. It's like more symptom of a larger problem where it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mind Air One when it was in Malibu. or the, for the I used to go to the original one on Beverly Boulevard, but it's just sort of become this thing where it's like a monstrous hedge fund, private equity type behemoth where, like, half the things there are kind of, like, con man products. But, you know, the pizza's good. Like, I get it. Like, uh, <laughs> I, hear they have a, I hear they have a good guacamole, my friends insist. My mom loves it, you know. No, Chris is a aficionado. I am, but I also love corporate behemoths. I'm not afraid of that. <laughs> yeah. And and I I will not allow you to sass or or speak poorly <laughs> of post Malone. We are post Hive on this podcast. You're post Hive. We we are not. Chris likes post Malone. I thought Jason. I thought you were a member of post Hive. No, 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 no. I mean, I like him as like a personality and an entity. I think he's like entertaining and disruptive in a fun unhealthy way but i don't listen to his music or or relate to any of his fans it's some dirtbag shit his music is the his music is the best part i mean i love i love he's got a voice of an angel but he looks like a murderer it's the it's a great combo i mean he's tall too jason do you feel competitive with him is he, i don't think he's not that tall six three atops he is he is not six three i'm no, more emasculated by his uh his immense wealth than his height <laughs> and his angelic voice while looking not looking like a murderer he looks like a fucking. He looks like you'd find him at the Amador County Fair. Yeah, you know? he looks like a guy who lives in Florida who started getting face tats at eleven. Oh, you're right. I guess he is. I guess he is only six feet. I I, I think he looks shorter than that. So I assumed he was. I'm sorry. He's six two in the Lou Casey boots, though. That's true. When you put the heel, when you put the ropers on, and you kick your horse mm-hmm. to get down to get to get down to Erwan, <laughs> you know the boots are hitting different. Oh boy, how he moved to though? Didn't totally. he? Didn't he move to like? idaho to stop partying uh, was it idaho i thought it was like rural nevada same diff well rural nevada is a tax shelter so that makes more sense <laughs> yeah yeah so so yeah well i would argue, you know going back to erewhon you know i would argue that you know you you made a lot of points of like if you're an old head you're you're saying like silver lake ended in you know 98 or something like that you know you can go back as far as time to when silver lake stopped being cool um, but you know, right now, I think after I left in that neighborhood and am tucked away, hidden in the hills of Glendale, it's more evident that it's just like the whole city is just, it's been removed, you know, and it's all just a corporate entity at this point. And, you're, saying, you're saying Los Angeles itself. Well, Los Angeles itself, but, but specifically the, the greater Silver Lake area, because I have so many like fond memories attached to it where sure. even when I lived in Orange County, I would just drive up and we were like, just get off on Sunset and you just drive up and down Sunset and like go to Nature Well and get a kale smoothie. Like, holy shit, mom, they have smoothies with kale in It's fucking crazy. And I saw Chloe Sevigny there and I smoked a cigarette. And, and, and you know, yeah, like, I mean, it was yeah. like it was this amazing thing. And now you drive by and it looks, you know, it just looks like you're in fucking a Boise, Idaho, Urban Outfitters. You know, no, There's it no, doesn't. Nobody no, it cool does not. Left. You're the only cool person left in Silver Lake, Jeff. It does not that. look like that. It does not look like that. It looks like Williamsburg, and that's what they always wanted it. That's what they always wanted it to look like. It's it's fine. Well, Williamsburg form. now looks like a Boise, Idaho, 
Urban Outfitters, Chris. That's what I'm saying. No, they have yeah. bag- they have bagels and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> Silver Lake is becoming like like the millennial Grove. You know what I mean? It's like a bunch of and it's a bunch of like Hollywood executives that have moved out there and they've been there for like ten years. It's a bunch of Netflix people. It just doesn't. I mean, you knew it was done when. I mean, I always said like the and I said in the article, it's like the day that you couldn't smoke inside of Spaceland, or you could be like it. That that was because like, that was cool. Like you're like, all right, well, this is the last place. Or, but even if you go to a place like Cafe Tropical now, they totally redid it now, and it's clearly a nod at like this perceived kind of like whatever the yuppie is now clientele, where it's like it looks like uh, one of those like stainless steel. You know, it looks like Alfred Coffee now. Everything kind of looks like Alfred Coffee. Uh, Jason's favorite. And, and why are why are? I mean, I I I've spent a, I spent a lot of no, I spent a lot of time <laughs> at Cafe Tropical. <laughs> I spent a lot of time smoking cigs inside the glass aquarium room For at sure. Spaceland. Yeah. Those are two things that are near and dear to my heart, and those were totally. important nails in the coffin. I don't know, like what what makes these businesses give up? Like what what happens to them? Is it just like Rent. we're not making enough money, so we have to just turn our amazing, unique, interesting business with a built-in clientele of decades and turn it into another Alfred? Like, do they do they think that that's going to work? Is it a last ditch effort? Is that you know what is that? I think it's just everyone wants to make more money, and no one's really satisfied with like you know what I mean. Like, no one's satisfied. It's it's like every in American society, right? Where you right? <laughs> I mean, like it's like think about like why don't they make forty or fifty million dollar comedy movies? You know what I mean? Like because they don't scale globally. I mean, you could. Yeah. I mean, think about how many like the movies of like our childhood, like an Austin Powers. It's interesting that you bring up Austin Powers because we've noticed that Fat Bastard is trending. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> he's back yeah have you noticed that jeff have you noticed that fat bastard <laughs> starting to come back a little bit <laughs> look yeah i mean <laughs> you've seen it too right you've seen it too well, yeah i mean i thought it was something to do with the chili's commercials having a retro vogue and the baby back baby back baby back rape song but i think maybe there's a moment right damn now. is that is, is baby back song coming back i think we can make it you can, you can take it on the tour jason loves that song. eight minute house remix <laughs> i think it's <laughs> I think I'll see. I'll see it. if Moody Man's down to sign up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a little white label. But I don't think so. Yeah. But I think silver. I think this is just what happens in cities, and I don't understand why people are so surprised or upset by it because it's historically just kind of what happens, right? Well, you're right. I, I agree. But then when you think about it, nothing replaces it, which I think is like my problem, right? Where it's like, where is the cool part of LA that you'd want to live in if you were 25? Like, I don't know where. It Glendale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the game. <laughs> there's so there's no okay, well like we you, you'll look at a restaurant like Greenblatt's We used to love to go there after our sets at the store. So so that's uh that's an example of a place, a legendary restaurant in Los Angeles that's been open for what a hundred years or yeah. something like that. Yeah, ninety five. And then you have a place and you know, completely unchanged over centuries or decades, I should say. The same menu, the same everything. It's just rich with history. And then you have a place like Langer's or Cantor's. Same exact story. Legacy business. Haven't changed a single thing. Didn't modernize. Didn't turn into an Alfred shit. But they're thriving. They're succeeding. They're making money. Like so, some businesses can do it and hang on, and and other ones can't. You know, is it is it just the quality of product that separates it? Is it or is it just it's rent? Yeah, it's rent. Yeah, it'd be probably. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like you were talking about, like a Langer's. I mean, that's right, like in MacArthur Park. So it's the rent is not going to be the same as like right next to uh, the Laugh Factory or whatever. I, I mean, Greenblatt's kind of legendary in a way too. It should be historically preserved because that was allegedly the place where Puffy 
if you believe, you know, there's a bunch of Biggie and uh, Tupac, obviously, a bunch of theories oh, yeah. about who did. We're gonna we're gonna get into that. Don't worry. All right. Yeah. There was well, there was a great theory of uh, Puffy. Well, I don't know if it was great, but it was it was a theory of Puffy <laughs> ordering the ordering the hit at like two a.m. at Greenblatt's Deli, really? which is like what? Yeah, because like it was like one of those things where the, the guys who allegedly killed him. They were kind of trying to, uh, from what, if you believe, I think it was Greg Kading's theory, where if you believe it, like he was, uh, they were trying to hustle Puffy into being like, you know, we'll pay you, uh, or, or will you pay us to, to kill, you know, Tupac? And it was a Greenblatt's deli, which I just, I just love the, the, the image. They were soliciting a hit on, with, with him. Just like over a bunch of kosher pickles. Yeah, they were, try, <laughs> they were trying to be like, you know, give, give us a hundred grand and these pickles. And we'll kill Tupac for you. A hundred grand to kill Tupac. Chris, I mean, just for inflation back then, you know, it's not, it's not bad. Yeah, you can't buy a house in Glendale, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. But I mean, exactly. when, when was, when did that go down? Was what year was that in? Tupac was killed in '96. Biggie was killed in '97. So you know that that's not going to buy you a house, but that's he'll get a little down payment back. In where the do, where do people think where, where do people think Tupac is, Jeff? Cuba, Cuba, Cuba. <laughs> Well, because his family, I think, uh, I think it was like a Sada Shakur was like, or Matulu Shakur, I think was like his godfather. And I think it was, I, I always get it confused, but like there was one of the Black Panthers that had fled to Cuba and Tupac had a connection with him. So people think often mm-hmm. Cuba is the place, you know, he's actually in the Buena Vista social club now. Much so. cooler, much cooler. They'll be going out on tour this summer as well. Make sure to check those guys out. <laughs> yeah. But there, I, I once had a, a great drunken conversation with a Lyft driver he he was like worked in like that kind of camp like the Tupac camp like security detail back in the day and and he was basically trying to allude me to the fact that that Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre like they 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 had a little blood on their hands as well what do you think about that i don't think so i mean i think a lot uh, do you think Iovine has had people killed Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know much about Ivy, other than you know that documentary that he did, the uh, the with the defined ones. Oh, you mean another self-produced documentary by a celebrity where it just makes them look great? I hate that. I, yeah. I, they have final edit on everything. So why are we watching this? It's a commercial for himself. That's very entertaining. Well, I feel that's like every every documentary now. I don't think there's any like it's either that or it's like a kind of polemic, you know, one-sided mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. I don't really. I'm not really. I mean, I, I was. Uh, I heard your episode with Justin Staple, and he was talking about. I know trying to get like a documentary made on uh you, you know like rap and lyrics and that stuff and like you know i was trying to get something made in the similar damn way. you listened to that episode shit <laughs> yeah i did i did I, I we only recorded that one as an obligation i know i bid for the nft but i but I, <laughs> sadly i lost <laughs> no we appreciate your support but i would have given yeah yeah no uh yeah no i tried to get a documentary made uh you know, too, and it, it's just very difficult unless you have um, uh, the only documentaries that will get made is like Interscope wants to kind of check for a million dollars to subsidize a documentary. Like no one's going to go out and live and make some like complicated documentary about like race and the criminal justice system and like you know inequity. Like no one. Right. Like I mean, I had meetings, you know, with like Amazon, and you're like, it's like a bunch of guys who have like names like me, but like it's like Josh Cohn or you know, it's like <laughs> Jimmy Goldberg, and you're like, Ugh. wait a minute, I'm sensing a trend. Anti-Semitic. Sensing yeah. a trend here, Josh. Yeah, I mean, I'm veering dangerously in anti-Semitism, so I'll, I'll pull myself. What was back. what was your what was your documentary about? If you if you're willing to talk about it, Ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> yeah, do you remember Pond? It was, pa- it was <laughs> about Pond. <laughs> yeah. There's something there. I don't know. There's something there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There were a lot of pogs. It was a real phenomenon, circa 92. There's probably some kind of connection there with Puffy and all that, you know? Yeah, I just, nostalgia's hot. Mm-hmm. You know, kids love the 90s. Pogs. Sounds good on paper. Um, no, I, w- I, w- I, try- I tried to do two. Uh, I tried to do one that was, um, 
kind of, it, it revolved. I, I did a lot of reporting in Baton Rouge in, in 2012. I covered, you know, I don't know if you guys know the rapper Boosie. Like, he's now uh, been in the, in the news. Do we know the rapper Boosie? Do you know who you're fucking talking to, Jeff? My God. Oh, yeah. It's true. You are from Georgia. Are you talking about right. Boosie Badass? The one and only. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I don't think it's okay. I don't think it's acceptable to like him anymore, but it's not. No, but I love him. I'm still a fan of Mr. Wipe Me Down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, he uh, I mean, independent a feminist anthem, but he's kind of gone back on that <laughs> recently. He's, he's walked it back. Know. He's walked it back. So what was the was the story about his legal proceedings? It, yeah, it was a uh, well, it was like going to be a, a series of of doc, like a, you know, a a six season thing of course because you have to do you know they they want it the scale obviously you'll never just sell one season you'll have to like sell you know the whole sure. thing mm-hmm. the whole series the boozy files yeah, yeah exactly there was a show actually on mtv called the waka flocka files that was pretty good but never aired. <laughs> <laughs> and i was talking to them at one point and it was like the idea was uh kind of the notion of like second cities like kind of how baton rouge is like a second city new orleans long beach kind of being a second city la oakland the san francisco kind of this like these two cities that kind of play off each other and kind of the legal battles that rappers often, because these cities often produce like a people's champ, like how Oakland or I guess Vallejo produces like a Mac Dre, Baton Rouge produced Boosie. So it was actually about kind of Boosie's path and Sea Murder's path because they both were like side by side in Angola, like in adjoining cells and Shit. somehow recorded an album together. And it was sort of like, and you kind of got like the way you could have No Limit in New Orleans and that whole that whole world coming in because the No Limit rap was actually recorded in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. So there was like this, like, for some reason, this like unlikely. You know, it's the capital of, of Louisiana. It's also just a wild place. It's like probably the most. I mean, it, it's the murder rate is insanely high. There's mm-hmm. like a palpable threat of danger there. It's and the music is incredible. So it, it's remarkably turned up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's where Ratchet came. I mean, Ratchet came from Shreveport originally, but then. It got popular in Baton Rouge and then obviously spread from there because it's just kind are of... Are there some Baton Rouge artists that we should check out that we maybe we haven't heard of that, that are legends in the game there? Yeah, I mean, like, it started with, uh, like, another uh, anti-Semitic name, but there was a label called the Camp Concentration Camp that Boosie started on that was really good. <laughs> you know? Jeff, Again, Jeff, come on, Jeff. Age well, yeah, seriously, yeah. What yeah, the I start fuck? With cult, I, start, I start with cults and I go to the Concentration Camp. Okay, That's was, was so Concentration sick. Camp Records, was that... Was that it was spelled normally yeah 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 yeah. and uh so there was this rapper named c-lope that started it and there was this rapper max minnelli and uh young bleed i don't know if you ever got heard young Bleed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that's all yeah um and then it kind of goes into the boozy era and then obviously webby but then kevin gates uh, yeah i'm sure you probably know kevin gates he's from there sure Uh, sure sure nba i don't get i don't get tired jeff i don't get tired you said (laughs) nba young boy nba young boys from there as well yeah and i spent you know time out there i interviewing him which was ridiculous you know he like i i the first time i went out there i was like he well i went out there for a boosie show because my friend was throwing it and he boosie had been out of jail for a year and then i was like well i should do some reporting while i'm out there and then nba young boy was just you know starting to pop off he got just it was about to announce his deal with atlantic and i knew his manager this guy fee who used to manage kevin gates and was connected to little wayne and little wayne's early days like with the young money stuff and he's like sends me like a pin drop I'm like, okay. He's like, meet him here. And it's like the worst trap house in Baton Rouge. And it's like NBA young boy and his friends are like children of the corn, like 16 years old, like asking me if I want to go in a shootout. <laughs> so I'm not allowed in Louisiana after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Louisiana is a really interesting. I mean, I don't, you know, obviously the New Orleans stuff everybody knows about. Cause I think that I- I've always heard this tale that, that Katrina like actually helped Atlanta hip hop because a lot of people were displaced and ended up in Atlanta and kind of helped change the sound 
and brought like a new energy to Atlanta. I don't know if there's truth to that or not. Yeah. But I mean, I think that yeah, they said that about Houston too. Yeah, that which makes sense. But I think Louisiana in general is is probably a richer pool than than most people realize, including myself. Realize like they've they've probably influenced and, and what Katrina did for curb your enthusiasm. Totally. Yeah. Brought Leon into the game. God damn. There's it. some silver linings to these clouds, Chris. But did you? So you? So the Boosie thing? The Boosie thing didn't go. Uh, was it too niche, you think? Well, I mean, I think that's the thing. I mean, like, uh, you know, uh, not to be that white guy, you know, with the, with the bullshit, but there is a racial element to it where it's like if an artist is popular among black people, like Boosie is, has a predominantly black fan base of which there are millions of people, but he never really crossed over into the, you know, mm-hmm. the so whatever, you know, the the more white mainstream world. And so therefore they don't think he's as famous as he was. And then same with Draco. I was, you know, trying to do a Draco documentary, which I still am. And it was just one of those things where I can be like, well, he has a song with Drake, but they're like, well, he's not Drake. You know, so unless Drake wants to do the documentary. Oh, can you get Drake? We think he's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Or they'll be, or they'll be like, oh, uh, there already is a documentary about this. I'm like, what? They're like, we, we, they did a Meek Mill one like three years ago. And I feel like that (laughs) is the thing about, you know, it's very, Similar, I think you see it where, you know, what I, I like, you know, I know you guys have done the TV stuff. I wrote scripts at one point, none of which sold, but like, I remember there was a script kind of in the hip hop world and they're like, well, we already have Atlanta. <laughs> I'm like, well, like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, no, Atlanta's like more, might as well be like David Lynch in the world of Atlanta. Yeah, that's not the same thing. And then, that's and then the when same. you saw Dave get optioned, you're like, what? This is some bullshit. Yeah, I not my favorite show, but you know. Oh, good! Finally, you're the first you're the person first I've ever person. talked to who doesn't like Dave. Every person talks us into it. A brother in arms. I think I think it's the worst show I've ever seen. Whoa! <laughs> worst show I've ever seen. Well, I've never yeah. seen it. Every single person we talk to tries to convince us that we'll love it, and it's like the perfect show for both of us. It's crazy. Every person I meet is, is tries to convince me. Same with me. To convince me to watch Dave, and I've Same I've never me. tried it. I've never watched it. I watched the whole first season, and I wanted to commit seppuku. It was like it was like it was so. What do you? Well, what do you? I'm sure a lot of our listeners watch it and enjoy it. What is, what is your beef with Dave? There's a lot. I think like the fun. Okay, like obviously it's a pretty trite fish out of water setup, right? Where they're trying to knock off curb your enthusiasm in a kind of uninteresting way. I think the whole fundamental conceit of the show is that look at me, he's a funny Jew interacting with black people. And I think that's like kind of racist. You know what I mean? In 2021, that's your whole thing. Like it's like this bizarre uncomfortability, you know, or discomfort with this world. Um, they, they ended it with um, like him going to jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the time, you know, I have my own like sensitivity because at the time I was like covering the Draco trial and I'm getting full. And, and, you know, I don't know how much you guys know about that. That's a whole different story. But basically the short end of it is, he was a rapper that was being framed for a murder that not, well, he wasn't being framed, but he was being accused. And there was this whole like DA uh, and prosecutor and uh, the sheriff's department conspiracy against him to say that he committed this murder, but he wasn't even being accused of holding the gun, pulling the trigger and none of that stuff. And they just use it as a pretext to try to target him and his rap group. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, you know, I'm getting phone calls from jail from Draco who's being wrongly accused. And meanwhile, like he's making light of jail and he's like left a bad taste in your mouth at that time yeah and it's just i also kind of there's a thing where um he did an interview a long time ago with with my friend drew millard that used to write for uh vice and he still does write for vice sometimes but you know it was just like kind of his basic premise was he's like well i have so much more to lose uh than any you know street rapper coming into the game and he's like why and he's like because i have a college degree and a marketing job and you're like dude that's that's not (laughs) you have nothing to lose like you'll be fine like you'll you'll get hired at like uh 
I mean, I, I feel like it's probably one of those things I could watch and, and I would probably laugh. I'm sure it's like there's p- parts of it that are funny. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Of course. Um, I, I don't know if, uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know if the world needs it. I definitely don't need it. I, I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. I mean, but that's the thing with these documentaries or, or, or the series or whatever that, that you were trying to do that, that didn't work out so far. I think it's like, I'm surprised that these studios and these people don't recognize that hip hop is like fully popular culture, like literally the most popular thing in the world. And like, sure, these stories are niche, but it's like uh, almost a lot of documentary stuff is niche. That's like kind of the whole point. Totally. Yeah, I think I think it's a good point. And it's like, well, there was actually an interesting case that I was like going to report. And it was basically about it was like one of those things where I knew that if I wrote it, like this would get the documentary, this would get the movie deal. Cause it was basically the same stories. You remember that Justin Timberlake like movie, Alpha Dog, like about the Jesse James thing and yes. in the Valley. So it was, this, it was a similar, it was this kid, he was like a white kid from Palos Verdes. And somehow he joined like the rolling nineties Crips. And he was like, the, <laughs> oh, and, like the kid, like looked the guy, I couldn't tell if he looked like Kyle Corver or Ashton Kutcher, but either way, he was like a very, you know, it was like a, like a striking kid with like blonde hair, blue eyes. And he's like in the rolling nineties script. And actually, he had the same attorney as uh, Draco's brother, which was amazing because he had like I think he it was like a he had the W he had a W like a Washington Nationals tattoo, which was like the uh, I think the, the the tattoo of the gang that he was in. The you know the DA was like, well, you know, this is evidence of his gang ties, and the lawyer is like, actually, he's just a Kevin Durant fan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he beat the case. Yeah, he he beat the case, and um, he actually showed up to Draco's trial, and I met him, and you know he he's like going he was going to college in Texas to study law. But it was like one of those cases. And again, it's the same kind of trite fish out of water setup. And I, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm going back to the little dicky thing. I guess my problem with it really is like beyond the fact that I find it a racist show, um, which is bad enough. I just think he's bad at rapping. So the whole thing doesn't like add up to me. Cause like, it's like based on like, everyone's like, you're a genius little dicky. And I'm like, dude, this is the guy that did the freaky Friday song where he was excited to say the N word with Chris Brown. Yeah. So I don't like, I was like, all right, guy. Yeah. Leave it to a little dicky to make Chris Brown look like the, the sane one in the bunch. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. But I mean, that's kind of what everyone's excuse is just like, yeah, I mean, of course I hate his music. Of course, little dicky is a bad rapper. Of course it's all trash. But the show is sick. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with Donald. It's the Donald Glover. It's the same and thing. And I'm like, I, if, if you feel that strongly about it, how are you able yeah, to? People it? want to talk to me about Atlanta in the same way. I'm like, I don't care. Atlanta can be good. I'm still not going to watch it. I just don't care. It actually is pretty amazing. I, I was really skeptical of Atlanta because I kind of was not much of a fan of Donald Glover's music before Atlanta, but I actually thought Atlanta is like. Oh, I'm sure. I'm best. sure it is. I'm, I'm sure it is. I just don't need to like, there's, there's so much out there in the world. Totally. I don't need to do that. Like, I just don't need to do it. Like, I'm sure. It's I agree. Good. I'm sure. I'm sure no man land was good, but my ass ain't going to see Same. that, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You couldn't pay me. <laughs> I think that Atlanta and, and, um, uh dave are both i mean those i think it, the difference is those are like marketed to us you, you know what i mean those are like shows that, that for sure we are the we are the absolute target audience of those shows and it's and it's it's i i just don't even neither of them compel me like i don't even think about watching it do, do you know what I, mean? I don't know i can't explain it i just i think the problem is guys we're all too smart for it that's just what it boils down to where does he go from here right like does he just is he now an actor does he make music again? like what because he I, like I just don't know what the path is for someone like him. I mean, because the he show can go can, wherever he wants to now, Chris. I don't think that show can last for very long. 
I mean, I think it could do three or four seasons, maybe. But no one, still, no one wants to hear his music. That's the issue. It'll. I think. I think it'll just entourage out, and he'll become the you know the a tall, lanky Jeremy Piven. Uh, well, well. Speaking of, you know, we were talking about Erwan before, and and your your article about Erwan definitely was not uh, favorable. Uh, and the article that you wrote about hater ass. Sublime, <laughs> the article you wrote about about Sublime recently. Um, you know, a little bit more favorable. Yeah. You know, so and and you know, I've I've heard people talk about you know when you're writing, make sure you're always either writing about something you love or something you hate, or else there's no real. Yeah. People aren't going to be compelled to it. So like, what do you what do you like writing about more? Like, do you do you favor writing about something you love versus something you hate? Yeah. Slash like what feels better to you? Like what does better? Like in in terms of like the response from your audience? I mean, there's no question that like negativity travels much further on the internet. So I mean, like the, probably the most popular thing I ever wrote was that post Malone takedown, and I, I thought you know it's like, but it's the same thing, right? Like I thought about, I'm sure. 10 publications would let me write like a little dicky hit piece. But I'm like, at the end of the day, why bother? You know what I mean? Like, I don't really care. It's not like, you know, I'll like ramble about it on a podcast, but like, it's not something that keeps me up at night. And I don't really want to like, even, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, like, I don't understand the writers that are like, you want to just be flamed by the internet for like $200. Or something. <laughs> not, to say, not to say that's not like what I'm making for articles. I'm not, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it's a, uh, Who's the joke on at the end of the day? Yeah, like you got paid two hundred and fifty dollars for a think piece. Like, you know what I mean? Like in your name. I mean, I, I would at this point. I mean, I'm working on a book, so I'm trying to kind of like not do as many assignments at all because it's just you know I'm working on my own magazine, the land. And I just don't really want to like. It's just not worth it to put that. Like, I, I, I like putting negativity into the world. I think it's important actually because Hell I think yeah. now we're like in this. Hell like, yeah, Jeff, go off, baby. I stand with Jeff. <laughs> That's why I like the How Long Gone podcast. <laughs> but use that as a drop. Yeah, no, I mean, I think everyone is in this place now where it's like, no, everything is good. Everyone's perspective is valid. It's like, like no, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I think there was a great Christopher Hitchens quote, and I think you could apply this to a lot of things, where he's like, it's been said that everyone has a book in them. And for the most part, I think that's exactly where it should stay. <laughs> and I think, like, a lot of, I, I'm not interested in a lot of people's opinions, including Sounds my, like the Hitchens I know. Including my own. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't, and I get it. I like, you know, it's why I, if someone didn't want to listen to me, I would be like, fine, yeah, why, why bother? But um, yeah, I just think there's a lot of bullshit out there, and like, things are terrible, and we kind of get them. Dave is a perfect example where it's like, you have to like this. You're told all day, like, you have to like this thing. And you're like, "Uh, why? No, Jeff, wow, I feel seen finally because it's also like (laughs) – well, I just think people think like because you you actively don't like stuff that that means you like don't like anything, which is in, insane. No, like I like things as much as I dislike them. I just talk about disliking things when when others might not. It, it's kind of you know, it's like totally. And I also think it's like, is it really like? Are you guys really surprised that like? people are going to make fun of Kanye West for not having any songs. Like, I don't understand why, like, I don't, I don't understand why people feel like, like why would someone saying something negative about a celebrity affect you? Like in a real way, that's the, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, like when I say I don't like Frank Ocean's music, people look at me like I've like I spit on them, and it's like it's just boring. Oh, it's sure. boring. It's boring. I'm not saying you shouldn't like it. I said Blonde was overrated like last week, and like it looked like I was like a baby murderer. You know, I was like, I think it's fine. Like there's three good songs on it, but I'm not like the biggest Frank Ocean fan, and I. It, I don't. I don't understand that. I think that's like a very much a function of internet stand culture, and like despite the fact that like. You know, I think all of us are pretty close to the same age. So it's like we grew up watching Gen X. We're like, Gen X, it would just shit on people. Like, you know what I mean? That mentality was like, no, this is bad. And now we've suddenly come. And I think poptimism as a philosophy is good. Of course, yeah, there's a lot of pop music that is good. 
you know, I'm wearing a Janet Jackson shirt. Like we I were talking it. about this. We were talking about this earlier. I, I wonder, I mean, I, I think that like, I appreciate that like it's, it's, it's not, not rewarded necessarily, but, but it's much, it's much more the thing now to kind of like a little bit of everything. Whereas, and we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, whereas like if you grow up and you're into hardcore punk, like that's what you like. You're not really allowed to like For other sure. stuff. You know what I mean? So I, I appreciate that because I'm a person who loves pop music. But I do think that, like, at a certain point, how many times can Olivia Rodrigo be intellectualized? Like, I don't know if it's there. To in- I don't know 100%. if it's... I like the music, and yeah. it's good, and I like to hear the story about how it was written. But at a certain point, it's like she's a really talented 18-year-old girl making pop music, and that's kind of the story. <laughs> you know, I don't know what else there... Yeah. I don't know really what else there is to talk about. You, you, you know what I mean? I think, I think people try to talk about it because they figure out how that can be weaved into their own story about their own life, and they, like, figure out how to talk about the new Olivia Rodrigo and, like weave it into like their cat dying and like how that is like, you know, an analogy for yeah. something that happened in their own personal life. Yeah. I mean, she's like laser targeted for like aging millennials to be like, well, you wouldn't expect me to like this kind of yeah. Dean Bob, but yeah, and you're like, like, actually I would, it sounds just like Paramore. Yeah, like, why she would you not Paramore like 10 years ago. Why would you not yeah. like this? No, I just think that, and I understand that serves a place and it's like, I don't, you know, like, I was reading Joe's thing about Lord this morning, and I just think there's no songs. Yeah, and it's like I I I don't find her interesting enough unless there's music to you know if she's got a hit I'm more interested. When there's no songs, it's it's very it's very hard for me to engage in the story of how something is made. Yeah, I mean I think that's a big problem with pop music. It's like just the homogeny of it. I feel like when we were growing up, there was a lot more like song. I mean, yeah, of course Max Martin was producing a lot of the stuff, but I'm, I'm saying even before that, like everyone had their own sound. Like why does every pop star need to have jack antonoff producing the record like i, I don't quite yeah get that. her whole thing is like my shit is different and i'm like if your shit is different then why didn't you hire somebody else because you knew yeah exactly where, you knew what i mean obviously I, I think as a as an artist especially at that size like you shouldn't be making decisions based on what the public is going to think i think that is obviously a, a a difficult zone a water to wade into if you know that he's done taylor swift lana del rey and claro and you don't want to be put into that zone then don't do it i, I just don't understand like totally yeah i mean artists they're too big to fail now though like an artist like lord is too big to fail because she's not going to get the negative reviews like it's not gonna. Ha- I mean, maybe, but it won't matter even if it does because it's basically like wedged onto. It's one fandom. Of it's just fandom. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah, and that has sort of like. I mean, and you see it now in all facets of American society. I mean, it's like the way that people like. Like I don't know where you got. I was out in Silver Lake actually when when the election hit, and I was like, where did all these people get Kamala Harris and Joe Biden merch? Like I didn't see any of it, and it's like people waving like bobblehead dolls, <laughs> and like you know what I mean? It's like like the, 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 the Joe Joe Biden cardboard cutout where he looks like a zombie, like freakazoid, yeah. you know? It's like just like an aging weird zombie, like plastic surgery zombie. Yeah, I, I don't like Kamala merch. Like you have Kamala merch? Like I don't. Like where does one get that? You know? I think that there is no, no. I I I agree with you. Completely, but it's like I mean, even it's like this Billie Eilish album being number one. Yeah. Like yeah. even Bob Lefsetz is calling bullshit on that. You know what I mean? It's like, I heard, uh, did you listen? To it? I heard it's not good, but you know, no, of course it's not good because it's it's not. Yeah. I've never gotten that. Like she never spoke to me. I think it's like I think she could be interesting later if she works with somebody besides her brother just to like give people something new. Probably because she does yeah. have a great voice. But I, I'm saying like, yeah. making a record go number one now is literally like scamming a bundle system with ticket sales and vinyl and tapes and t-shirts and it's like that being number one is meaningless so you might as well just make good music and go on tour and make money 
because the number one thing it doesn't it, it's meaningless because it's truly a scam like there's no other way to do it now yeah i mean like with her like i mean i i think she she seems very cool she's obviously smart like i mean if i was like a parent or something of a zoomer i'd be like yeah that's like she's a good example like i'm happy you like her yeah but at the same time it was like I knew like four journalists that had profiled her before I, anyone had heard of Billie Eilish, right? So the fix was like already in. And then she came out with the last, or she had stuff before the last album. I thought the last album was pretty solid. I, I listened to it like once or twice. You know what it was like? I was like, it was like Blue Cantrell. That's what it sounded like <laughs> to me. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I guess Blue Cantrell is all right. And, but the brand was so much like, stronger than the actual music and that's really what just i cross you know that's what i think resonates now. brands baby i mean that's what i said this morning on twitter kanye west has made seven million dollars off donda merch and no one's heard like an album like really yeah yeah you know that's that proves that music just doesn't matter no it's it's like and it's the frank ocean thing i mean i, I talked about this today too it's the jewelry it's like it doesn't. It, it, it people want to be a part of whatever world you create so bad. At a certain point, the music is 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 irrelevant, you know. And it's like a pretty wild place to be. That that's that that's where we're at. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like you know, not to get like a little too like over to over intellectualize it, but I mean, there's clearly like a crisis of faith in just to be a human being these days. And I think a lot of people like their emptiness of their life, like you know, whereas it would have been church or like. I don't know, like a bowling league or the Elks <laughs> club or whatever the yeah, fuck, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, or like yeah. a knitting. Circle. I think it's now like, I am a Stan, you know, like I, this is, this celebrity is a projection of my ideal. And it's like, it's its own. I mean, you can see with the free Britney thing I'm, I'm working on. I mean, that, like my book is not really about the free Britney thing at all, but it's about kind of the, the Britney Spears is sort of like the death of the American dream. Yeah. And, um, like the free Britney thing, I went to, you know, one of the the rallies outside of the courthouse and like I went actually into the courthouse afterwards. But, you know, it's it might as well be a, a religion, mm-hmm. you know, to be totally people. like it, it, you know, and a lot of it is, you know, it's it's sad because I think a lot of it is like always we're kind of like holding on to your youth. I think people see Britney Spears, you know, of course, there's the human element of it where it's like it's a fucked up conservatorship. She should be out and she should have her own free will, et cetera. But I think a lot of it is like the sadness of like everyone being like, oh, I'm aging. Right, like Britney Spears is now turning totally turning forty, and I'm no longer a sixteen year old that was obsessed with her. And like my, you know, my own life is kind of in shambles. Her life is in shambles. I, <laughs> I mean, this goes back to. I mean, I think this goes back to what Jason was saying about the Olivia Rodrigo thing. It's like we we turn this stuff, we find a way to make it about us, and that's why For sure. that's why it, it resonates, it, like continues to resonate even even when it it, it might should not. Mm. But the Britney, th- I mean, the Britney thing is is insane. Like, what is like. The, the fervor around it and how, but I, I think you're a hundred percent right. It, it's, it's people that are, are kind of, I mean, obviously, like you said, the human element is very real. It's like, how could you not feel something about it? Um, yeah. but it's, it's like making that your personality or making like, I love Nicki Minaj. Your personality is, is a wild place to yeah. live. It's a or, wild or make, or making, making like moisturizer or hair care products, your identity, you know, like yeah. it's harder and harder to become, to just be a human being nowadays to latch on to something. And I think it goes back to being, you know, I like, I like negativity. Like, you know, I like, I, I think it's important. I think I, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, if you, you know, if you grew up in like the punk or the hip hop thing, a lot of what you define yourself uh, by originally was in opposition, right? Like I never was totally. like a super back. I never was a super backpack guy, but I even remember when I was first getting hip hop, they'd be like, you remember when like Biggie was like diss that guy Kwame for the polka dots and you're like, yeah, fuck this guy or whatever, you know? And it, it was like, cause you're like, he's corny. He has polka dots. And you're like, I don't know. It could have been a good fashion statement. In hindsight, but you know, it's yeah. like, 
but yeah, and now it's like, who would want to do this? Like, well, I mean, no music writer is getting paid enough money where it's worth it. <laughs> you know, it's like, what, you want to write, like, a review of the Billie Eilish album and give it, like, a 3.0 at Pitchfork or whatever? You know what I mean? Theory. Yeah, your life is so, ruined. Like, your life will be ruined. Totally. Like, you'll get yeah, destroyed. Yeah, I got death threats. Yeah, I got death threats from my Post Malone piece. Yeah, and, like, it turned out to be, like, some weird incel guy in India. Like, because the Post, <laughs> where I wrote the piece has a whole team now devoted to journalist death threats. So they're like, oh, don't worry about it. We, we have our death threats. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? Like, Great. That, that's, that's a real <laughs> thing? Yeah, 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 it's like uh, the Suicide Squad, but it's to uh, <laughs> actually stop you from getting murdered. Um, no, yeah, the, the Washington Post has, and I assume the New York Times must. I don't think the LA Times does, because I don't know if Patrick Soon Xiong's balloon is shot off the bucks for it. But <laughs> yeah, but, but to Bezos's credit, you know, he has a department dedicated to people investigating credible murder threats against Washington Post writers. Which, you know, and that's the world we're in. And, like, I, I got a lot. I mean, I got a ton of hate mail, which I don't really care. Like, I think if you write a really mean thing, like, but the difference is now, it's like, right, when you used to write a mean thing, you'd get a bunch of, like, dumb letters to the editor and, like, everyone would have a good laugh over it. You'd clown them and maybe put it up on, like, a bulletin board and kind of just, you know, throw darts at it or whatever. Yeah. Um, which is which is how journalism happened before 1998. And now, and now you know by getting swatted by a 14-year-old incel in India. Totally. I'm going to have to move out of Silver Lake when all is said and done, you know. Where will I go? I don't know. <laughs> but do you think this, but do you think that trend or, or the, like, that being the new normal is going to dissuade people from not just not just criticism in general, but just like the career. You, you know what I mean? Is it like are are we in an era now where if if you're not po- if you're not just going to be positive all the time, you might as well pick another job? Yeah, I, I think I think that's definitely the case. I mean, I think you could have maybe a podcast, but like I, I had a friend, um, this guy. Uh, Vic, where he goes by Rosecrans Vic, and he's a really talented guy. is a like a website and a podcast, and I feel like the whole thing now. It's like he started trying to be a writer, and I was like, well, you know, he's he's a young Mexican kid from from uh, Downey, I think. Or, and um, but I was like, where are the young, you know, writers of color in Los Angeles that are like, you know, I should look out for and like maybe help try to put on or whatever? And he's like, oh well, they're all doing podcasts now, or they're all like. Their managers, they're doing podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, their their Instagram, their, and like what what really struck me was a few years ago, I think it was like three years ago, I did an article with LA Times, and it was about kind of this new kind of wave of like the Instagram blogger kind of supplanting you know the the blog era, which is obviously long dead. And the one thing that struck me was one of the most popular, but I think it was Say Cheese. It's a very popular Instagram mm-hmm. account. I think it has like a million, you know, streams. And he, char- I mean, this guy's making millions of dollars a year, basically selling, you know, if you want to be on Say Cheese, you know, pay me $3,000, you know, and I'll, I'll post you on Instagram. And he didn't even have a website. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, it's it's much easier. It's also much easier. Writing is hard. It sucks. You know what I mean? It's much easier to yeah. to uh, do something else, especially because the money's only okay at best. And now... Yeah, if you say something, uh, you know, that's not favorable about the wrong person, it could mean it, it's the end for you uh, in, in some yeah. ways. So it's it's a very strange place to be. And it's dishonest, right? Because I think like a, what you were saying is, is is super valid where it's like you're only to write about things now that it, like it's the trash or a classic binary, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of things, you know, to get attention on the internet, whereas like what, like 99% of things are just mediocre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like maybe 1% of things are really truly terrible. And like, I love that. Like, I mean, it's like, it, it's great when something's like a spectacular failure. It's like, how I feel. you know it's like I'm, I'm alone on my island about Dave but I'm all right with it but it's like you know very few things are really that good 
but now you have to kind of, you can't just couch it and be like, oh, this is a pretty good record. I get, you know, like who's reading a 6.8 review at Pitchfork? Like probably no. No, you're absolutely, no, you're right. You're right. It's, it's better for everybody to be extremely positive or extremely, extremely negative. Uh, e- either way, that's how you're going to get clicks. Well, it's, I'm glad we still have people like you out here, Jeff who are willing to write, even though it's much more difficult, it's still possible to be critical and positive and weave it all together in a good way. It's just more, it's just harder now. Yeah. So, you know, it's much easier to podcast where you can hide behind an hour of dialogue. That's, you know, it's more work to get pull quotes from and harder to find. Um, and you can be a little bit more just organic and with it versus just the hard black and white facts that you're putting on to paper and people will destroy your life from that out. You know? <laughs> yeah. People don't want, I mean, people just don't want to read anymore is the other thing. I mean, like it, you know, we just did a big story, uh, this, this writer named Donnie Morrison, like he's, uh, he's like 28 years old. He, he went back to college, just was finishing college. And he writes to me about a year ago he's like oh i want to write something about the death of max ray nothing's ever been written about it and i was like oh yeah sure you know okay whatever like i, I figured nothing of it i figured he'd just write like some kind of like dull or retrospective max ray is the best and no one knows who killed him he ends up solving i mean i can't say he solved the murder for illegal <laughs> things but in my opinion you know what I, mean? I can't even say in my opinion but if you read the thing it's pretty clear who did it so I think. this guy just pretty much solved who killed and it was an unsolved crime before no he you know he he was just like an in, he was an intern at the wall street journal before that that was and he was on the eugene the eugene uh university of oregon paper and yeah and he basically did incredible journalism and of course like i could not pay him a fraction of what it was worth and then you know everyone's just like well you should do a podcast <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> we just did this this is a really cool article i'm not gonna read it but if you turn into a podcast that'd be dope yeah well it's like that you know it's like the of now canceled man woody allen where he's like i have an idea and i'm gonna try to turn it into a concept and maybe i can turn it into a script and now it's like you have a story maybe you could turn it into a podcast maybe you could turn it into a book maybe you could turn it into a documentary and it's just like it's all like this like yeah weird co- content war haze you know yeah i mean like your your idea for a documentary might not work out so well you might it might be hard to wrangle enough money to make a feature length film for it but it's you can wrangle you know five ten grand to produce a podcast about it and that could then turn into the movie or then turn into the the amazon option deal or whatever like so that part about it is good yeah people love uh passive listening you know and thank god they do (laughs) thank god they do but i would love to hear uh you know a 10 episode podcast about lil boozy or about how mac dre died I would listen to that and you could make, you know, $100,000 in sponsorship deals from stamps.com or whatever and everyone's happy. I only want, I only want audible.com to sponsor me. That's fine. We can work that out in post. All right, big dog. Put your dick back in your we're pants. We're not all, relax. we're not all in Silver Lake. All right. <laughs> yeah. Just living the high life in Silver Lake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, just going to the air one and just, just dropping racks. I feel like going to the air one. The other thing is like, I feel there and I'm like, it, it feels like. Uh, the, like when people buy it you're like it's like they're going to the circle but like i spent a thousand dollars on like like <laughs> did you do, do they do they have your picture posted in there though will they still sell you olive oil or is it a little bit of a persona non grata it's like a it's like a western post office in there <laughs> you know it's like dodge city 1884 you know do not sell eggs to this man jeff weiss dead or alive eggs. do not sell a single duck egg to this man from from <laughs> frog hollow farms orchard <laughs> Yeah, not exactly. a single donut peach will go into this man's basket. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 you'll, I'll never eat turmeric in this town again. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, I want to. I want to come sat, tie up my horse with a with a little turmeric <laughs> in my in my mouth like a straw, like a hay piece of straw. Yeah. 
Ding. Spit my yellow turmeric into my spittoon. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jeff. <laughs> Let me rustle up some of that good old buffalo cauliflower. Thank you for joining us because you're going to die at that air one. Mark my words. Um, and um, you guys check Jeff out online wherever you uh, read. Um, and uh, Jeff, tell them uh, tell them where they can find you uh, most most accurately. I'm at Passion Weiss on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm not the Bismarcky RIP. Uh, I also edit the Land Magazine, co-edit the Land Magazine, uh, which is we're doing Kickstarter right now. So uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you feel like donating money to independent media, you should do that. Hell yeah! Uh, if not, yeah, we do. We don't. But good luck with that, Jeff. Uh, thank you. Thank no, you. we don't. But our listeners might. Our listeners might. Yeah, I love the di- love the digital panhandle. <laughs> that, that's a great. The land. The land is a very good name, though. I'm going to give you that. It's a great name. I like that a lot. Thank you. Uh, um, thank you. It means a lot. All right, Jeff. Thanks so much, dude. Uh, honestly, it was a pleasure. All right, yeah. Thanks for having we'll me find, on. We'll talk to you soon, bro. Peace. With it. Now meet the Carmel King of the castle. Keeping his tight, CL smooth, sipping on Spritite. It's the Mechadon, never swerving untitled. Knowing commercial rap needs to be recycled. Uh, yeah. Collecting cans for Nick's picks, my latest LP. Now obey my thirst, some precise. I got the knack to rock, I'm steady heating up the spot. The chocolate boy wonder making heads bop. Plus, I. <laughs> this is how we work it Grab the big Sprite and you know we jerk it Right out the fridge It's just like this with a did dab dib Yeah Drake's I give a pound to my man with my right hand Because yes. I, I keep the Sprite in the left hand okay. And then I push the button when I don't want to hand nothing I let it go when I want to hand something yeah. This is how we flow when we in the studio Freestyle with Sprite Yo, how the rest go First things first, a big yo thirsty. Sprite, alright?